0: Welcome to Workplace Community Connections. I'm your host, Charlotte Stevens. We are all part of different communities families, friends, and professional groups. This podcast focuses on the communities of which we are a part in our professional lives, our workplaces, and our business communities. My guests will share their insights into strengthening workplaces, enhancing engagement and satisfaction, and building relationships to carry us all forward together. You will hear from human resource professionals and business and nonprofit leaders who strive every day to make our workplaces and our communities stronger, better, and more connected. So let's get started with today's guest. Hi there, this is Charlotte Stevens. Today's guest is uh, Chuck Lloyd, who is the Vice Chancellor of the Commun- Community College System of New Hampshire. Did I get that right, Chuck?
1: You did. You did it <laughs> <in> some Okay.
0: <laughs> And that's a new job for you.
1: It is. I'm 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 in day two here. So I'm <laughs> the new kid on the block today.
0: Well, congratulations. So can you tell right. us a little bit about your job and your journey to that position?
1: Yeah, I, I suppose I'll start backwards. This is day two as vice chancellor of the community college system. And I, I came into this role and it becomes a, a statewide role looking at, at all things academic affairs, student affairs, workforce development, dual enrollment, all the fun stuff working with all seven of our community colleges across the state. And uh, yeah, it's two days ago, I was the president of a college. So I was the president of White Mountains Community College for six plus years. And I've been in the community college system of New Hampshire for almost 21 years. So lots of history here and uh, really excited to be uh, in this new role and serving the great state of New Hampshire.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. So White Mountain Community College, that's up north. Can you tell us where that is and a little bit about that school?
1: It's funny. Everyone says that. I, I believe that's way up north. Well, that's where the White Mountains are, but it's uh <laughs> no, we serve at White Mountains Community College. We served the, the entire north half of the state, largest geographic region. So we have a primary location in Berlin. There's a location in Littleton, which is growing with construction. And we have, we call it our pseudo location in North Conway, where we're embedded with Kennett High School. So we serve the northern three counties. And, uh, Really excited for some of the innovative things that are happening up there.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. And Littleton really does seem to be an an emerging community. There's a lot going on there.
1: It is. Littleton, we love Littleton. It's up and coming. And during the pandemic, more folks were moving there with younger families. And we ended up, we were leasing a facility there for 20 years or so and ended up purchasing the property, built a new 10,000 square foot facility that should be done in about a week or so really to serve wow. the the trades in the North country, diesel, heavy equipment, technology, advanced manufacturing, welding, IT. So all of those areas, pretty exciting.
0: Wow, that's great. And those are areas where there's there's such a need that for, for workforce.
1: Yeah, yeah, there are. And it's fun now to be working with the other six colleges because they're all doing likely some of the same things of hearing what the needs are, like you said, with workforce and say, how do we stand up a program or scale a program? to make sure that we can really put those employees right out there, support these employers.
0: So there's seven colleges and they're, they're all over the state. So I know Far South is Nashua, Manchester, but Lakes region, really all over the place.
1: Yeah. You've you've got some of this down. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Usually people say, wait a minute, there's seven. So there are seven <laughs> colleges, 11 locations. And that's not easy to memorize, but it started with the North Country already. We're out west in both Claremont, Lebanon, and Keene with River Valley Community College. You mentioned Nashua yeah. Community College, Manchester Community College, Great Bay Community College is out at the Seacoast and Pease. And they also have a location in Rochester to help bridge that gap. Heading up to what you also mentioned was Lakes Region Community College. And then right in Concord is NHTI, Concord's Community College. So that rounds out. And they're all, we all have uh, their comprehensive community colleges offering general ed and uh, liberal arts, but also a lot of them have specific, customized, unique programs that are uh, anchor programs, I'll say, for their locations.
0: Yeah, I, that's something that I had noticed, that there seem to be some that have some of the colleges have a focus in a specific area so that if a student were interested in Nursing, or I know criminal criminal justice is one that that I know that I've seen that, that that they could go to a particular college.
1: Exactly, and we're we're working as a community college system right now to really to to highlight those anchor programs, but also allow access from across the state to maybe look at one plus one programs where students could start locally, and if they wanted to go on to those other programs. I'm here on the NHGI campus is where my office is. They've got dental hygiene, they've got very strong engineering programs. Uh, where some students up north say, geez, if I want to get into dental hygiene, could I do some health science up north and then come down for that final year? So really looking at those types of relationships.
0: So how many students?
1: Yeah, so we have roughly between 9,000 and 9,500 students across the state at the community college system. And we go from our smallest colleges of White Mountains Community College, Lakes Region, and our other rural college out in Claremont's River Valley. Those have roughly... Eight to 900 students. Those are, those are our smaller colleges. And then up to 2,500 to 3,000 students at uh, NHTI and uh, everything in between from the others we've listed.
0: So NHTI is the largest?
1: NHTI is the largest. It used to be much larger than the others. And it's really Great Bay Community College in Manchester have caught up to some degree with just some of the different programming that's happened. And Great Bay uh, has also implemented athletics out there. So NHGI used to be the only college with athletic sports across the board. And Great Bay has really added a bunch of programs, including their, their men's basketball program last year, went to the final four of the national conference tournament. So very oh. impressive. Very impressive.
0: So so tell me a little bit about the student body now. Are there kids that go there directly from high school and then also people that have been in the workforce for a while and are looking to continue their education? What What kind of a mix is it?
1: Yeah. Yes, yes, and yes. Right. So we do have the, the traditional student who will come fresh out of high school looking to come in and, and even live on campus. Both NHTI and Lakes Region Community College have residential options to stay on campus. But I often say, when we talk about who we serve, we're 18 to 80. I, I stood at commencement last year. I graduated uh four seventeen 17-year-olds who came out, by the way, with a one-year certificate in welding. And wow. then I had a 76-year-old graduate right in the same line of welding students. So the average age typically is around 28. That balances out because you mentioned the folks coming back for career changing or or, or, or development. We have a lot of, particularly in the allied health fields, folks that might've been an LNA and LPN. Now they're in our RN programs in which we have our nursing programs at all seven of our community colleges. So that helps tip the scale there a little bit while also trying to balance a little bit the needs of of the community and balancing. And we're talking about academic credit programs. We also have the workforce training programs that aren't necessarily for credit. So we we can chat about that in a few minutes as well.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned nursing and, and the fact that all of the colleges have nursing programs. I mean, that's one of the areas of the workforce where there's such a critical need. Having been on the board of hospitals and now a hospital system, I mean, that's something I've witnessed firsthand. And I know that some of the colleges have worked with the hospitals in some pretty interesting development programs where students can work and study at the same time. Can you tell us about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, highlighting the apprenticeship programs, I mean, you talk about the nursing need in the state of New Hampshire, really nationwide, let's be honest. There's a a, a demand to have them nurses out there right away and to have students stop what they're doing and go back to school for two or three years. Is just not feasible. So those those LNAs or those MAS uh, are out there simultaneously. We call it earning and learning. So they're out yeah. there learning on the job, earning, being paid. Memorial Hospital is a great example up in the you know North Country. North Conway has them, hires them, pays them to go to school, pays their tuition, and has them work their clinical experience right at the hospital, uh, x amount of hours, and they're also getting the the didactic side of that. And we have that going across the state. We've got a lot of that. We have, we've been rotating the LPN program because we're trying to look at all things stackable. I mentioned LNA, MA. LPN is that in between before the RN. It's a one-year certificate. So we started that at River Valley Community College, have rotated that curriculum to Lakes region and up to White Mountains because we're also trying to look at those skilled nursing facilities. It's not just hospitals that need nurses. It's that the skilled nursing facilities. So we're trying to support them as well.
0: So that, that's a tremendous advantage for the employer, the, the, the health employer, and then also the student who maybe isn't, isn't going to be able to stop work to, to go to school and not have an income.
1: Exactly. The, the clinicals, the apprenticeship model, but also more and more of our students are doing paid internships, diesel heavy equipment, automotive, those students who are, have to go to a four or five hundred hour internships during the summer. They're getting compensated really well. It really re-encourages them, reinforces what they, they chose as a vocation and said, geez, I can really make some money doing this. And there's a, there's a dire need out there.
0: So what are some of the other trades professions where there is a, a critical need for workforce that the, that the community college system can assist with or has been assisting with?
1: Yeah. I mean, I could go right down the list because the, the work, workforce shortage is, is acute in every, every area. Most recently we've been focused also on, on education. There are teacher shortages, early childhood. If I turn on the news one day for five minutes, I hear something about early childhood educators. There's a shortage. The state of New Hampshire gave us a nice chunk of money to support students essentially to come to school for free. If you're coming into the early childhood education pipeline. And so, those are some of them. Criminal justice, you always learn about five of our colleges have criminal justice or conservation law up north. We're always looking for, for officers to serve. But, you know, our allied health suite is, uh, is pretty robust. Radiologic technology, I mentioned LNA, MA, LPN, RN, if I can throw enough alphabet soup at you here, <laughs> all the nursing stackables, but also paramedics, NHTI and up at Lakes Region Community College has paramedics fire science. I mean, these are our emergency workers. If you remember in COVID, it was, these are the healthcare heroes, right? These are the folks right. we we're talking about. So trying to really keep that pipeline filled.
0: And a lot of them can work in some very, very small communities that that may not have a lot of funding to to train them.
1: You got it. You got it. And that's what we're trying to focus a lot of our attention on. Our, our last state budget request, the, uh, the, the, the legislators made it very clear they wanted to highlight and focus on, I mentioned early childhood, Emergency response workers also have tuition set aside for them. Uh, and also the, the socioeconomically uh, depressed folks that are Pell eligible within financial aid. We have what's okay. called the promise program. So our promise program from the state of New Hampshire gave us $3 million to essentially fill the gap. Anyone that completes the FASPA for financial aid, the financial aid application, also eligible for Pell, even if they're not eligible for full Pell, we fill that gap to make sure they can have their tuition paid for.
0: Oh, okay, so they can get obviously you have associate degree programs you and you mentioned certification programs. Can you talk a little bit about those?
1: Yeah, of course, so there are, there are multiple levels. The associate degree is essentially packaging two years, your full time student, one year worth of general education, so this be your uh humanities, English math, et cetera, but also those core courses. so I like to pick on business intro to business sales, marketing accounting, et cetera. So that's your associate degree. Certificate programs tend to be primarily around the skill itself. So welding is a one-year certificate, for example. The LPM program, a one-year certificate. But also we do what's called IRCs, industry-recognized credentials. Uh, So this might be OSHA, for example. This might be CERVSAVE within uh, uh, culinary programs before going out into restaurants. This might be within IT, some of the Cisco certifications, for example uh so also within our our degrees and certificates there are also industry recognized credentials so when you go out uh and' they're looking for a job it is something that is an international recognized uh uh database
0: oh okay so there are there it, it's a variety it's not just you know we think about the skilled trades like working and auto mechanics you mentioned diesel mechanics so it's much much broader than that
1: it is it is we've got a we've got a variety of different programs and I also think about the what we call boot camps, some of the shorter eight or 10 week trainings. Nashua Community College, for example, works with BAE systems and does microelectronics boot camps, does those every eight or 10 weeks. And they all get a credential when they come out, go right to work, get skilled up, scaled up and promoted along the way. So that's just a, it's a great relationship they have there.
0: So is that something that where BAE would send its existing employees, or would these be new employees that are that are getting trained at Nashville Community Community College as opposed to at BAE?
1: Yeah, both, both. So they may hire folks right on and say we want you to go through Nashville's program and then come over. Okay. Or it might be someone who's a job changer within BAE that wants to transition over to that department. So that's uh, they're they're looking for more and more employees at all times.
0: So we've seen a lot of, of changes, both in education and in in the workforce. So, so let's start with education. I've heard more and more about people going to community colleges rather than going directly to a four-year college to get some of those general education credits under their belt. With the cost of education, I can imagine that that's a real advantage for, for a lot of students locally.
1: Yeah, I think people are really figuring it out. We're saying students right now are just savvy consumers. They are looking, they may go visit a dozen schools. Students are applying to more and more schools. Uh, But what they're doing is also looking at what those aid packages look like before making their final decision. So stacking up all of their their financial aids, scholarships they apply for, but also seeing what the bottom line is from tuition. And students at the community college level have figured out, to start here and you can go anywhere. You can uh, start with us with a certificate, associate degree and transfer on at a lot of times a quarter of the price you might've paid somewhere else. And we have more and more transfer articulation agreements. The university system is great with us. Plymouth State's a great example. They'll accept up to 90 credits, which is three quarters of your way to a bachelor's degree in the thousands and thousands of dollars in savings. So, but it's also, it's not just about money. It's about that that tight-knit feel, that in building confidence. Sometimes that student that says, geez, I'm not sure I want to go to this giant university. I might get lost. Our average class size is like 11 or 12. So you've got some real hands-on time with your professors. You get to know the students in your class. You get to speak up and feel comfortable and confident. So that's a that's a big piece of it as well.
0: And, and with professor, professors, you have both full-time professors and adjunct faculty, people who are experts in their fields who, who come and teach classes in certain specific areas.
1: Yeah, that's the exciting part. We hired three years ago up north uh, in White Mountains, we hired a, a diesel instructor and he had just been an expert in the field and came in and said, I want to I learn to teach. So we put him through some of our, our teacher education courses so we could learn to teach, but he's just an expert and the students love him because he literally just walked in off of the, the shop floor, had been working as a As a you know shop foreman forever, and he is he's very good, and now he's very good at teaching and he relates to the students, so you talk about having the experts in their fields, and I can go across the entire system. You have folks that have worked in industry, you mentioned full timers, but people who are also currently working in industry these are our adjunct our, our part time faculty who yeah, yeah. you know may work in the industry during the day and then evening come teach you or vice versa or be online. It's really been a it, it's a nice mix at our level that has folks really still very connected to our lawyers.
0: Yeah, and I remember having that experience in law school and I think law school would still do it where certain classes are taught by practicing attorneys because sure. they're the ones that are doing it on a day to day basis and they, they just bring a different perspective.
1: Yeah, and they're they're not many years removed. They're you know many hours removed. Starting, <laughs>
0: right. you know, yeah. They went
1: to work that morning, and now they're teaching you in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I think that's great, and it gives those individuals. I think it, like you said, the 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 diesel mechanic he needed he needed to learn how to teach, so he got to take advantage of of some of the programs that the school had to offer there.
1: You got it. You got it. It's a win win. Truly a win win for our students.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. So, what about the workforce in New Hampshire? I mean, what do you think the future of the workforce looks like, and and how is is the community college system finding its way there?
1: Well, I think we're all looking for our crystal ball. When, but when you see this, yeah. uh, you see unemployment rates at 1.7 and 1.8 percent. I mean, the, the folks who who want to work are out there working. You know, I think our strategy right now is is trying to understand who are the folks that maybe aren't working in the in the industry aligned with where some of the major needs are and how do we support those folks with some of the retraining? So some of our workforce development training, targeting folks that are, I'll make this up, they maybe were in hospitality and tourism and want to come over and work in IT or they want to be, be a truck driver. You start to see some of that as we, again, coming out of COVID, what were some of the essential personnel? Who were the folks yeah. that kept working the whole time? IT folks were working remote and the whole world relied on IT as truck drivers kept the world moving, right? So we have a lot of people saying, I work, I worked in a restaurant that closed for months at a time. I, I can't with a family, children, et cetera. I can't have a place that could close again if, the, if there was a pandemic. So, and being in the uh, the service industry is not the, the most comfortable place to be right now. If you've been out at some of these restaurants that are yeah. just understaffed. So. They'll come to us, and we can retrain them, put them right out, and align with where some of these other jobs are as well. So that that for us is is very rewarding, but also that's that's one of the ways the community college is a a resource for the community. But we're also looking down the road of how we we more efficient efficiently try to serve the state. So we have, I mentioned, we have seven colleges, eleven locations, but that doesn't mean that it's convenient for everybody. So we're we're establishing a more robust online set of programs. And we're also just trying to create, if folks want to, we we have these courses called HyFlex. So if it's convenient for people to come in person, great, that's when it's offered. If you'd rather be remote that day and Zoom into the classroom and be part of that, great, that's what works for you. So we're trying to be as, as adaptable, flexible as possible, just to make sure that when people are working, we can also balance the education around their lives.
0: So this is like, like sort of a big, scary question that people are talking about. What about the future of artificial intelligence? And are you going to be retraining people that are replaced by by robotic machines in their physical jobs? Are you looking forward to to those kinds of big changes that, that may be ahead for all, all of us?
1: Yeah. I mean, you say looking forward. I mean, it's here, right? I mean, it's yeah. here. I, I think for some folks, it's very scary. And I think people think the, uh, the manual nature of things are going away and the, the, the human brain, some of this, the Googling of the universe that lands in and can, can create anything. I'm in the, in the harness it place where I might have chat GPT up half the time on my browser. If I've got to write a letter, right? It's already 90% done. Uh, But I I think it just changes what the workforce is going to look like. It's not going to replace. It just changes. Nothing is going to replace a human, but we're going to need folks to work on robots, for example, program robots, make sure that we're we're managing and monitoring and look at quality control. And with ChatGPT, as the example I just used, I still need to go check references on things. I still think it's important to understand how to look at quality. And that's where the, the humans will always have a job. But I think harnessing that because our students, our faculty and, and the world has harnessed it, we need to not only catch up, but, but stay ahead of the curve a little bit and, and, and use it for what it is, a tool. AI is a tool. It's an efficiency tool. And if it can help us do our work a little better, but reallocate resources in a different way, I think, again, it's a, it's a win for all of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I've done some of that same thing with chat GPT, where I use it to sort of jumpstart me and it's a nice basic beginning, but but boy, you have to add, add the details and the personal touch and check the facts, all of that.
1: It helps with writer's block, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that gets you started.
0: Exactly. <laughs> or I, I need an idea. To, I want to write a blog post. I need an idea or I need to jumpstart my brain. And the, the, the human factor takes over. It, it,
1: Absolutely. It
0: sort of has to. Um so what about working with high school students. So there are high school students now who could take advantage of coming in to take some college courses before they've graduated.
1: Yeah, this is this is one of our, our biggest growing areas. And a bunch of our colleges last year did a, uh, a combo of standing at the high school podium when they're getting their high school diplomas and handing out associate degrees at the same time. I did two of these graduations. I know a wow. lot of my colleagues did several as well. So. Uh, students and families and figuring out. It started with what, what you asked earlier about cost of attendance, where you know early college you can take it in the high school with your teachers teaching you. It's a hundred and fifty dollars. You can go take it half price on the college campus or online. It's so accessible, and we have so many offerings. Students are completing degrees, uh, but it started about money for some of these families and turned into a confidence builder, and then really yeah. a pathway, a true pathway for students who they're starting to show up, on average, some of the students that are taking these courses are showing up with 15 to 20 college credits, having a whole semester done. Or if they're not even coming to the community college specifically, they may transfer on, I'll I'll say UNH. They'll walk in and have their first semester done, which means they're not treating them as a first-year freshman. So it might mean they can get a better choice of housing. Maybe they get a they get a place to park their car where a lot of places freshmen aren't allowed to have cars. So there are some, some other advantages beyond having all those credits done. It's time. It's, they've advanced their time to completion. So it's been, it's been fun to watch. It's, this has been our, our biggest growing area as a community college system.
0: So what, what's the partnership that, how do students learn about this? I mean, do they learn about it in their high schools? Do you know, do, do, you, do you go out and recruit? I, it, it just seems like something I never would have thought of when I was in high
1: school. Yeah. So the, the program, which originally was called Running Start, started in 1999. I mean, it's been around oh, the year God. after I graduated high school, of course, I could have taken advantage. But <laughs> well, we go into the schools, we talk to students, we meet with school counselors, we talk to their teachers, we're in their classrooms helping them register. We send information home to parents. We host dinner nights at our community colleges for for families and students to come in and learn and register and sign up. We try to be very on the ground, just embedded in some of these communities. And I'll tell you, people take advantage. And yeah, you know, the the best the best marketing, best advertising in the world is not coming from me or from our, our faculty. It's the students who just went through in the last few years. Right. They're now either at our college or, or a four-year college or university. And they come back saying, thank goodness I did that. We saved X amount of dollars and I'm so far ahead. I'm going to graduate in three years. My niece took off her first year and a half at Clarkson. She's going to be done two and a half years, have a bachelor's degree. She's going to go on for her master's up there. Just from going to a community college with dual enrollment.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't realize, I thought that that it was more of the jumpstart sort of thing where you could get started on your degree, but to get your high school diploma and your degree at the same time, that's a real nice. jumpstart.
1: <laughs> Major jumpstart. I mean, frankly, I know this is peer recording, but it puts me out of a job, right? You, to get them all of their college credits in high school, they skip over us and they go on to the university say, oh, system or whatnot. So, yeah. but it's yeah. it's what's best for uh, the state of New Hampshire and, and the families.
0: Or right to work. I mean, if that's if that's where their career takes them, like you said, they're 17 or 18, and and they're ready to jump into their their career of choice, uh, yeah. which is great for the workforce.
1: Of course, well said, well
0: said. So I think you've already started talking about it, but the future of education in this state and beyond, I'm, it, it's really changing in terms of remote and these sort of hybrid relationships. Okay. Can you talk about what your vision is for the, for the future of education in New Hampshire?
1: Sure, sure. I mean, I, I think we'll start with the foundation here. Of we, we know we've got to do things a little differently. We Not just coming out of COVID, but the last few years, the demographics are changing in New Hampshire, less students coming out of schools. We've got to make sure that we keep our, I was talking about brain drain, students leaving the state. Some of our students and never coming back to be employees here and support the workforce. So we need to, I, I like that we're in the high schools. I think that creates a hook to cr- keep students here, complete degrees credentials and get into the workforce. Uh, but really the future of, of education and frankly, higher education uh, looks different in, in a few ways. One, uh, students want to shorter term and non-traditional offerings. The, the days of sitting in a course for 15 or 16 weeks before you complete it, uh, we're, we're shortening that to eight week terms, some six week terms, being able to start at different times of the year. The fall start is is one start, but you can also start in the spring. You can start in the summer. Uh, when it's most convenient. So folks want to, you know, start at a different spot, but also uh, hybrid and online, over 30% of our our credits that students take are online right now with the community college system. That means they're working. That means they've got crazy busy lives, but also that there's a comfort level with technology. I do think that technology Mm -hmm. comfort has spun out of COVID where everyone was on Zoom or Teams or or whatnot. So I, I do see that as a staying power. But also the collaborative nature, our community colleges, the university system, private four years, we're all competing for the same students. Whereas I think if we work more closely together and align some of our offerings, I love that one example is Plymouth State University offers their bachelor's degree of education in Berlin on our campus just to allow access. So I think I can see more of that type of partnership that it doesn't matter where you are, as long as there is access for the students to, to get an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree beyond. Uh, we all have the same support services and libraries and accessibility services. We want to make sure that it's basically a one stop shop wherever students want to come and go and transfer on without losing credits. So I think we're, we're heading in that direction. I think we're having some of the right conversations with our partners. Uh, and our community colleges and looking at rotating programs, that LPN example I gave you of moving that around. Great. What's the next one? CDL is a program we have up north, not at any of the other community colleges. We may want to move that to Concord first for a term to, to have students go through that. So those are the conversations we're having now is moving the programs, not making students move.
0: Well, I think you just identified another critical shortage is CDL drivers. What I hear out there when I'm talking to employers is we can't hire nurses, we can't hire welders, we can't hire drywall. We, we don't have any electricians and plumbers anymore and CDL drivers and all of that. There were just so many fields that 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 just have not you know, they haven't multiplied in terms of perpetuated the, the the individuals that have been working in those fields. And you just talk about certain like trades where they would be passed on from family member to family member. And that just doesn't happen anymore. And now they come to the community college in order to learn some of those important skills that that we need so much.
1: Yeah, exactly. My brother's an electrician. Otherwise, it would it'd be impossible to get an electrician in my house. But <laughs> lakes Region Community College—that's where my brother went—and I tell you, they have an excellent electrician training program there. And my brother's now a master electrician. HVAC down in Manchester is extremely popular. They popular and yeah. you know, work with. I saw all the Denron vans were over there. They're all trading their their team, so I can go right around. But the, the trades are are cool again. It used to yeah. be that blue collar. and uh, geez, the trades dirty, blah blah blah. But now it's super popular. They pay great money, excellent money. They can choose their own schedules and jobs they want to take. Uh, and manufacturing is the other one. People think of manufacturing, they think of these dirty warehouse floors with all this equipment. Oh. Manufacturing is the cleanest, quality-controlled process we see anywhere right now. Uh, and we have manufacturers that are actually looking to move to the state that we need to be able to provide that workforce before they even get here.
0: So, as you take on your new job what what are some of the new and interesting things that you see yourself doing that that you didn't weren't able to do when you were a president of a college
1: yeah, i mean I think there there are there are two schools of thought there's the what did we do well? have we been doing well we can double down on right? What are some of the best practices and i've I've been working with the presidents just literally today to get out and learn about some of the things they're doing well, the academic programs they're offering, the unique facilities they have, the, the instructors that have this, you know, expertise in certain areas. So I, I think there's some scalability to some of that that's happening and sharing, providing that that access to others around the state. Uh, but I also think I look at I look at efficiency of uh, if there are ways from looking at those academic programs, are there redundancies where we can say, geez, we could we could stand up one great program rather than having two or three that maybe aren't as as high quality as we like. So I think there's an opportunity there. And then I also want to spend time with all the vice presidents and, and the college leadership teams to see what it is that we can, as a system, start offering. What is it as a program we need to be standing up, creating new, but not creating seven times over. At this point, when we stand up a new program, we're standing up and not necessarily trying to, it's going to be something no one else really has or needs but also if there are programs that don't make sense to be offering anymore because they either are not offering uh, high-skilled uh, wages or there aren't enrollment there, I think it's time to also look at those. So taking a holistic approach across the state, that's, that's probably what I'm most excited about. Well,
0: that's fantastic. And again, congratulations on, on the new job and good luck with it. And I learned a lot in this conversation. I thought I had a pretty good handle in community college, but it, it's changing all the time. I think that's fantastic. I really enjoyed talking to you about it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the conversation. As you can probably tell, I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah, really that's get great. This going.
0: Thank you for joining me today for Workplace Community Connections. If you are interested in subscribing to our podcast or learning more about Charla Stevens Consulting, please go to our website or email me directly at charla at com.